And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. When your car breaks down, you take it to the shop to get it fixed. If it's an old car, and if it's going to cost more than it's worth, you might choose to replace it. But what about people and emotions? What happens when we're broken by a devastating event in our lives and we just can't seem to get fixed? I've done several podcasts on surviving cancer, but what happens to the rest of us when a loved one loses that battle? On today's podcast, I'm going to interview my friend Celeste and listen to her story. And I hope that you'll find some hope, inspiration, especially as we celebrate the holidays. Celeste, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to have you here. And I understand you have a very emotional story to tell about the broken fix. So I'd like to hear a little more about that. And let's get started. You know, as you mentioned about a broken car, really anything that needs repair, whether it's a broken watch, a broken phone, a frozen phone, we can Google things now. We can look up instructions in a manual. But there's really no easy fix when it comes to a loved one getting seriously ill or even worse when they've passed away. There's no easy fix for that. And when you're going through it, on one hand, you want time to stop because you are like, hey, world, how do you move forward when something devastating is happening to me and my family. And then on the flip side, you want time to go by so fast because you don't want to endure another moment without your loved ones. What has helped me over the past 17 years is nothing by my own means. God has gently moved me through every season of this journey. The day before Thanksgiving, in 2004, time truly stopped for me and my family. My husband and I were pulled into a tiny closet-sized room by a surgeon to tell us that our 10-year-old daughter, Christina, had cancer. We were numb. I'm thinking to myself, who cares about the holidays? How could you possibly be spinning in holiday mode? Don't you know my kid? has cancer. And then as a parent, as a mom, I'm thinking, how do I tell Christina when she wakes up from surgery, she has cancer? When Christina woke up, I said, Christina, we finally have our answers. You've been sick for months. You have cancer. But the doctors here are going to fix things. And we're going to make a deal right here, right now. We will never say, why me, to God? We will say, use me, use me, Lord, for your name and your glory. Wow. You see, no matter where your faith lies, when you focus on something so much greater than yourself, 
when you ask to be used for a greater purpose, that is how you move forward. And that's what we did. Was it easy? No. But in every step, there were these life lessons because the truth is as parents, we're supposed to fix things for our kids. We're not supposed to let anything hurt them. But the irony is that kids have this way of fixing things because they are not bogged down in everyday noise. The outside world does not come in like it does for us, the responsibilities. And they end up teaching us life lessons. And that's how it started with us. Christina loved life from the beginning. This didn't happen right when she got into the hospital. Nothing magical happened. She was a light throughout her life. Her responsibility was always focusing on other people, making them feel okay. And that continued in the hospital. She was grateful. She was grateful for everything big and small. And I have to share a defining moment that is the magnitude of gratitude. And that is when the first round of chemo was being pumped into her body. She looked at me with the kindest smile and said, mom, thank you for bringing me into this world. I said, Christina, you know, it wasn't me, right? It was God. She said, I know, but thanks. There my kid is thanking me for giving her life when a substance is being pumped into her that could very well rob her of this gift. These words started the journey and broke down all barriers. That to me was one of those moments that I will never forget. As we move on in this, again, Christina fixing things in her own way. What do I mean by that? Well, okay, you're in a hospital and granted it's a children's hospital. We were in children's hospital of Orange County in Orange, California, one of the finest hospitals in the world. But my kid liked noise, lots of noise, joyful noise, of course. <laughs> She's a 10 year old girl. Well, they had a playroom, so Christina took advantage. This is how she met her challenges, straight on, head on. She did two hours of karaoke before surgery and an hour of hula dancing before her transplant. Just, just a couple of things, the way she met her obstacles, again, fixing things. When friends came to visit, she wanted to be the hostess. And even when she couldn't eat or drink, she offered them food and drink. In fact, she enlisted my son who was seven at the time, Teddy. And she would say, Teddy, we have guests, you know, let's, let's offer them something. And it was pretty cute. The way it went sometimes though, is that Christina couldn't speak at all from the mouth sores. So she would grab a whiteboard and she would write a message to her guests. And sometimes they would weep from emotions, but it was her way of fixing things because again, she wanted them to feel at home. The other thing that Christina felt a huge responsibility for is we don't often think about the other kids and the other kids on the floor all had cancer. And when Christina realized this, she's like, mom, oh my gosh, they're so little. At least I can express myself with you. I can tell you how I feel. These kids are so little. And mind you, my daughter was 10 and she was saying this to me. Again, going through this was not easy, but 
Christina was a light in the darkness. And that's what you look for. You look for how God will move you through all of this. I prayed every day beside her for seven months, just asking God to help us as a family too. I had everything, a loving husband, a daughter, a son, but I was that crazy parent with the big planner. I know everything's on our phones now and on computers. And I had everything mapped out, high school, scholarships, college. But sometimes when you get so crazy about the future, you miss out on moments right in front of you. And that's what Christina still teaches me. In hmm. fact, Christina was an athlete and I was her coach. I grew up uh, in Fort Lee, New Jersey, right across from New York City. I'm a big tomboy. I'm a sports fan, the whole thing. And I wanted to teach my kids sports and I did and I coached them. And Christina's main sport was softball. She was a pitcher. After she was diagnosed, it was like she was trying to teach me, hey, mom, the game's not on the field anymore. The game's over here now. This is the one. This is the one that counts. The game of life. We are not defined by any competition, any sport. It's who we are when we walk off of it, when we walk off the field or competition. It's the values that we carry. Even as adults, we're putting game of life situations all the time in business, at home. How do we respond? How do we carry ourselves inside to shine outside? On May 29th, 2005, less than a year than Christina was diagnosed, Christina won, not a trophy, not a medal, but the championship game of life. True victory, eternal victory with our Lord. That was 2005. So 17 years later, people still ask me, how do you do it? How do you move on? How do you go on after a loss, especially the loss of a child? And I tell people this, children are gifts from God. We get them for a season, for a short time. And the other thing is, how could I watch my 10-year-old carry her cross with his beautiful, joyful spirit and not carry mine. It's my turn. It's my turn to play in the game of life. Again, people ask, okay, how? How do you go on specifically? And I tell them, you know, this is a real personal journey. My journey is not your journey and your journey is not mine. But every time I share my journey, it's in hopes that you find your next step, your way. And I, I also share, you know, <laughs> we lose ourselves in our loved ones. And it doesn't have to be a child. It could be a spouse, a sister, a brother. We've been taking care of this person 24-7. We have had no routine. We've had no schedule. Everything has been blown, like, to pieces. And now we've got to put those pieces back. And the first thing I tell people is be kind to yourself. Be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. And for me, I had to look at the gifts God gave me. And we're all given different gifts. And I had to use them mightily now. I had to really not waste time. Because if Christina showed us anything, it's that life is very fragile. I tell people, too, that 
each day starts before you even open your eyes. And before I even open my eyes, I say, thank you, God, for this day. Please use me. That same gratitude Christina had for life, I need to have that. And then I also tell people, as I continue to pray and open my eyes, I like to have a focal point. It could be a photo. It could be a scripture verse. It could be a painting, whatever helps you and inspires you. Let that be the first thing that you wake up to. Because in those first moments, the rest of your day is dictated. And then I also share, again, what works for me is I have to put myself back on a schedule. And I tell people, start small, three things, write down three things each day that will help you move. And I use that word loosely because after someone passes away, the funny thing is, is everybody wants to give you advice and it comes from a kind, loving place. They will shove every book, every self-help book, every scripture verse, everything your way, but you're numb. Everything has to come in timing. And then you have society and society is telling you, move on move on. They're whispering. They're whispering. Okay. And it's like, no, no, no. Be real with me. Just be real with me. And you don't get to say when I move on. And when people say they're stuck, and I will tell you, especially now that the holiday season is here, when people tell you they're stuck when a certain holiday is coming up or a certain date that's coming up, it's real. And it's okay not to move on those days. It really is. Nothing's going to happen because you know what? God's going to help you move. When it's time, he's going to help you move. It's going to be okay. As far as gifts, for me, I love to make people laugh. I wanted to be a stand-up comic. As I told you, I grew up right across from New York City. I told my mom, I, I want to be a stand-up comedian. She said, no, you're going to college. And in fact, we're moving to Florida. I said, okay, well. I had to trust my mom's judgment at 17, but I continued to use my gift. And as much as my big dream was to perform in front of this big audience, little did I know that the greatest audience would be an audience of one, my daughter in her hospital bed. As she battled through such painful things, I was able to make her laugh. The other thing I love sports, like I said. I love working out. I love working out hard. I formed a group called Christina's Crew to honor her and things like that. I wanted to honor her spirit. For you, it could be a walk outside. You know, it's whatever helps you release that stress. And I want to go back to Christina's spirit because this is an important moment as well, that defining moment. Her spirit was powerful. She attended school at Calvary Costa Mesa and it went K through 12. And Christina not only played softball, she played soccer. And the girls varsity high school team wanted to honor her with the Christina Bowers Award. They wanted her to present it to the athlete that showed the most perseverance and strength that season. And we prayed very hard about it and asked for prayer because Christina rarely got the chance to go home. And I'll never forget the day before the banquet, one of the doctors walked in and said, Mrs. Bowers, Christina's not ready to go home. 
but we trust you. We trust that you'll know what to do and we know the importance of this. And I thought, wow, what a blessing, what a gift. And the morning of the banquet, Christina woke up and she was so happy to put on a pretty dress, to put on a hat because she had lost her hair. And we drove as a family to the banquet and we stood in the back of this room with 200 or so guests. And when we got the signal, Christina pushed my hand away and with a white blood cell count of zero, but a heart filled with joy, my daughter marched up to the podium and in the brightest smile, she said, I'm Christina Bowers. Thank you so much for letting me be here tonight. This award, it's not about me. It's about Christ working through me. It's not about me. It's about Christ working through me. These words still ring loud today. It was never about Christina. It was never even about cancer. It was about Christina allowing our Lord to work through her to bring others closer to him. It's not about us either. It's so much bigger than us. And when we allow ourselves to be used mightily, anger does not have room. The only thing that has room are purpose and joy. Joy that you cannot describe to someone because they're like, how could you possibly be joyful? And the thing is, in the midst of trials, Christina showed me what that joy was. She showed me what light was. And again, how do I go on in this life without sharing that joy, that promise of heaven? I know I'm going to see my kid again. And that actually brings me to my next gift, which is writing. And I always used to write short things, like poems. I had two poems published before Christina got sick. And then I was writing poems by her bedside that she never got to see. And then one of my friends said, hey, you know, you need to write a book. And I'm like, a book? How do you write a book? And I thought about it and I said, you know, as long as I can be real, but it's got to be something of value to other people. And then I came up with the idea of, you know what? The best way I can be real is to write to Christina in heaven. Because when we face loss, we all have this ache to share more with our loved ones, to say the things we didn't get to say while they're here. So my first book is called If There's a Mailbox in Heaven. And I send packages instead of chapters to heaven. And I write to Christina as I tell her story. One of my friends, who was also one of Christina's babysitters, learned about what I was doing. And she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I want to write to Christina. And then I thought, you know what? That's going to be my last package. It was 50 letters from people of all ages, all walks of life, writing to Christina as well. And the greatest thing about this last package is most of those people were inspired by Christina and they had never even met her. It was from her story alone. And then as the years went by, I, I did public speaking events. I still do public speaking events. 
Everything I do ties to my website, which is Mailbox in Heaven. Everything is Mailbox in Heaven. And in my mind, that mailbox, it's never getting full. So <laughs> mailboxinheaven.com, that's where we send things. And to my surprise, but I say that kiddingly, God kept placing more people in my path for me to share the story. But people wanted to know more about my journey, not just Christina's. Because the truth is, I'm her voice now. And I thought the second book is going to be called When Your Voice Became Mine. So my second book is When Your Voice Became Mine, There Is a Mailbox in Heaven. And this focuses years later more about my journey, including Christina's as well. And then does the story end? No. <laughs> It doesn't end. I share on social media. I still do speaking events. Is there a third book? I don't know, but I let God dictate all that to me because my prayer is always, if I can help one more person, if I could share one more time, then I've served God and I've honored my daughter. Another way we can honor our loved ones is putting the best of ourselves forward but include their touches. I always say I'm a combo deal. I'm trying to give you the best version of me with Christina touches, with every special touch she lived with. An example, when I speak at certain events, whether it's for children, adults, I've given out hundreds of game of life softballs, as I call them. And on one side, it says game of life. And on the other side, it says Christina, 52905 the date that she truly won. Because I think it's important that people have something tangible to look at, to focus on. And I tell people, when you look at that ball, remember her story, grasp today's moments, because we truly don't know how many of these we get. And we need to make them count now. So again, just examples of what I've been doing with my journey. And it's a personal thing because this journey, by the way, it's not a straight road <laughs> and I still get blinded. I still go around loop-de-loop -loop curves. This is something I did not sign up for. I mean, who signs up for this club? In fact, in my second book, there's a package called the club we do not choose, but we can choose the actions that we take from here on in. And every single time we pour into someone else, our purpose grows even more. We learn more. We're not fixed, but we use our brokenness for good. And that is purpose. That is living. And that is how we go on. Wow. That was just an amazing story and testimony that you just gave. And I am completely in awe of how you have turned around what would be a really tragic event in, any, in anyone's life. Like you said, the club that you didn't want to join, the club that you didn't want to be in, you have used that to bless others, to show the love of God to the world, to, as the Bible teaches us, to let our light shine before others. And you were in a dark place. And even from that dark place, you let your life shine. Interesting. I don't usually share this a lot on the podcast, but I went through something in my life that was fairly similar, except it had a happier 
ending as, uh, as you'd say, when my daughter was uh, nine years old, she was hit by a car. She was basically thrown in the air. Uh, if she didn't have a bike helmet on, it would have been, you know, she never would have made it. But uh, long story short is she had a craniotomy, which is basically when they uh, have to do emergency brain surgery, take out a piece of your skull, stop the bleeding. And she was in a coma for about for a little over a week at age nine. And I remember being at her you know, bedside during that time and going into the hospital and in intensive care. And one of the things that happened to me is I had brought a Bible in with me and I just was, I was alone uh, that particular evening. My daughter's mom, my ex-wife, uh, we were married at the time. She had gone home to shower. We would do that, you know, go home and shower in shifts. Uh, and I'm sure you very familiar with that part of the hospital. Yes. So I opened up the Bible and I just said, God, I'm in despair. Speak to me. And I just opened it up to any page. And in this particular Bible, it had the words of Jesus written in red letters. So they kind of stood out on a page. And I opened to the book, I believe it's in Luke, where it says, only believe and she will be healed. And those words just stood out to me. And I said, okay. And I did. And, you know, we were fortunate. Uh, she survived. She does have what's called TBI, traumatic brain injury right now. And, you know, we have other things we have to deal with in, in her life, but she survived. But that whole situation of sitting in a hospital room with your loved one, and especially when that loved one is a child, you know, I watched both. Well, actually, my mother, I, I held my mother's hand when I was 20 years old and watched her die of lung cancer. The year later, I was brought into an emergency room with my father who had just uh, died on the operating table of a aneurysm and a massive heart attack. So I've had, I've had it go that way. But when it's your parents, as tragic as it is, it's something we expect in life. But when it's our child. So one of the things I just wanted to ask you in following up to this is a lot of people out there spend time praying for their loved one when they're going through, just as I prayed for my daughter, just as I prayed for my parents, just as I pray for my cats or my dogs when they're sick, because for me, they're family. And I'm sure many of us have gone through that loss because we we lose those a lot more in our life than we, we do human beings. But anyway, what happens when we feel that our prayers were not answered. How did you deal with that? That's something that I really wanted to uh, to dig into a little bit. It's funny that you asked that because Christina was on a ventilator the last weeks of her life. And when we knew the time was coming close, God and the Holy Spirit just put this on my heart. Make sure the kids are okay. Make sure the kids are okay. That wasn't just in pertaining to my son. It was pertaining to all the kids at Calvary that have been praying for her. Make sure that they're okay. I already started writing the memorial speech um, on any mm. scrap of paper I had in the hospital because it was so on my heart to make sure that they knew their prayers were answered because honestly they were. And I'll give you a, a quick description of something that just <laughs> says it all from a child's perspective. When mm. they have the promise of heaven, when they have the truth, they are not in fear. So one of my son's classmates, this is second grade, mind you, her name was Julia, and 
her mom was like, oh my gosh, I got to tell Julia that Christina passed away. Well, I guess the teacher had already shared that news with her. And when the bell rang, her mother went to greet her and this girl came running to her mother and said, mom, mom, you have to hear this. You have to hear the good news. Christina has her crown, mom. She's a princess, mom. And I just, I still get chills telling that story. And I include that story in my books. And, and by the way, when I wrote my books, everything is through encouragement. These are true stories about how others in Christina's life or whether they heard about Christina's story, God has all used this for good. Sometimes we have to go through these flames, these flames and trials, because how could I possibly help another person and go to that depth if I haven't walked those flames with them? That to me is being healed. That's true healing. Yeah. I want to say another thing before we close out today, and that is that I truly believe Christina is with us today because a part of her is inside of you as you share her story. And as you do that, she's getting a chance to share her story with those listening today and telling people that it's not about us. It's not about Celeste, Tony, Christina. It's about, it's about Christ and the love of God and how he works through our words and how purpose and joy are available to us if we we choose to accept that and i think that is uh that's the light that is shining through all this today that is that broken i i just think of like a broken vase and how light shines through those cracks and i'm feeling that light right now and I am really, truly blessed that you uh, were here to share the story with us today. Two things I wanted to ask. Uh, one is that if there's anything else that you wanted to share before we closed, and the other is if people wanted to reach out to talk to you or maybe just get a copy of your books, how would they do that? So um, at www.mailboxinheaven.com, my email is on there as well. And I'd be happy to tell you that it's my name. It's Celeste N. Bowers at gmail.com. And I welcome people reaching out to me if they have any questions or they're going through something so I can pray for them. I've given my books as gifts as well for people that have been facing loss. They've given them to loved ones. I can personalize the books as well. I can coordinate everything. But mailboxinheaven.com is the easiest way to purchase too. And there's Amazon links as well. Whether you want to buy it through my publisher or Amazon, it's absolutely fine. Mailboxinheaven.com. And I would like to close with this since poems have been such a huge part of my life and my writing. You talked about a broken vase. Well, to me, this whole thing has been like a puzzle. And we think life is fitting. And then all of a sudden, this whirlwind comes in. <laughs> and the pieces go flying all over the place. And we think things are out of order, especially when our child has passed away before us. But to God, it's in perfect order. And I'd like to close just reading, it's a short poem, and it's called My Life is Like a Puzzle. And this is in both of my books. My life is like a puzzle, many pieces fallen out. What once almost a picture is blurred and scattered about. 
pieces that seem to fit have all gone askew, twisted, torn, upside down, except for a selected few. Where do I turn? No cover to guide. Where do I start again? Corner or side? Or do I just trust in you, the center of my life and heart? Your word is a thread that unites each missing part. Grounded in you, I grasp new pieces along the way. Even if they don't fit now, they hold great value someday. And in that moment, when I see you, the picture is complete. Nothing missing in my life, just joy, eternally sweet. I just could not think of a better way to end this podcast by that poem. Celeste, thank you for being here on the program today. And thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. Every opportunity to share blesses me. Thank you so much. And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And as you're out there listening and wondering, how can I make a difference? How can I live a purposely positive life? I have a free resource on my website. It's an ebook called Strive to Thrive. You can download it and start living that life of purpose, that life of passion, and that life of victory. 